Welcome to the Life Room Podcast. Real life, real Christians, real struggles. Our mission here is simple. Our desire is for everyone to understand how the Word of God is relevant to their lives. Each show you will hear a short teaching and then a brief discussion on how that teaching can really help you with your everyday life. So share with someone and allow God's Word to come directly into your living rooms, your cars, or maybe even your offices. Welcome to the Life Room. Let's go. So let's jump right into today's lesson. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I'm restored, but I still have symptoms. today's podcast, I want to look at a very popular passage of scripture in Jeremiah 29 and 11, where it indicates, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, one of the first things that I want to address about the scripture is the prophet who is delivering this message. It's Jeremiah. And in case you don't know anything about him, Jeremiah has been labeled the prophet of doom because many of his messages are of coming despair because of the people's disobedience. But despite this label that they have given him, Jeremiah comes with a word of great joy. Don't miss the revelation in this. God has a way of allowing you to do what others don't expect you to do. They can't guess your next move because God has removed the limitations of your expectations. Stop allowing people's labels to dictate what you do. See, there are many people who don't work in the arena that God called them because they feel pressured to remain in the arena that they have been assigned to by man. When God has called you to be used by him any way that he needs to use you. And sometimes if we are honest, we label ourselves. Sometimes as a way of protecting ourselves from not doing what we don't feel comfortable doing. And Jeremiah demonstrates that God has a way of expanding us for his purpose. He expanded Moses when he thought that his speech wouldn't allow him to be a great leader. He expanded David when they expected that his stature was too small to go against Goliath. He expanded Abraham when he thought he was too old to be the father of many nations. And he wants to expand you when you make yourself available to be used by him. So Jeremiah in our scripture today has been expanded beyond what his own people expected. I imagine that it had to catch many people off guard who did not expect Jeremiah to be used beyond what they labeled him. I believe that God is about to catch some people in your life off guard with what he is getting ready to do in your life. He's going to catch your enemy off guard who thought that the trap they set for you was going to delay your journey. He's going to catch those in your family off guard when, who were first-hand witnesses to the mistakes in your past, and now they expect that you won't amount to too much. What they are about to find out, though, is that God still has a plan for you. And just like the Israelites, it's much different than your current situation. In our text today, in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he delivers a message from the Lord saying, For I know the plans that I have for you, 
says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Now the conundrum with this word that Jeremiah delivers is that he is delivering it to a people who are in exile, who are in bondage. They have been carried away into a place that does not belong to them because of their sins. And while in the midst of being in exile and having to deal with all of the conditions that now come with being a stranger in a land that is not their own, the Lord sends a message. And he's saying that I have a plan for a future for you, a hope for you. Now the challenge of the word the Israelites receive is that it required them to catch hold of something that does not seem likely. And I imagine that many people missed the blessing of this prophecy because they couldn't get past what was currently in front of them. See, I'm reminded of, of, of John 20 and 29, when Jesus is having a conversation with Thomas in which he tells him, he says, you believe because you have seen me, but oh, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Have you ever received a word from God that you were sure was from him? but you struggled to receive it because it did not fit your current situation? This is why Hebrews 11 and 6 let us know that without faith, it's impossible to please him because sometimes the message that God sent won't match what we see. Sometimes it's what it won't match what we feel. And if I can be perfectly honest, sometimes his word does not match what I want for my life. See, for a long time, I struggled with some things that God wanted to use me to do because it did not match what I wanted to do. And what do you do when your will for your what what do you do when your will for your life does not match God's will for your life? That's for another time. But let's let's get back to today's assignment. The point I am making here is it's hard walking around declaring that God's plan for my life is that I be in good health when your body ain't working right. It's hard to declare that I'm the lender and not the borrower when your money is looking funny and your change is looking strange. However, the word that Jeremiah is delivering is just that. He comes to tell a people who are tired of being in this place, that, they, that this place that they are in, that God is restoring you. But for the meantime, you may still have symptoms. What are you talking about, Sean? As we know from the scripture surrounding Jeremiah 29 and 11, Jeremiah lets them know that they will be in exile, forget this, 70 years, but that they should be encouraged because this would not be the end for them. See, God had a plan for a future for them. God is saying, I'm working on your future, but in the present, you may still have some struggles. You may still have to deal with some things that are uncomfortable for you, but don't forfeit what he has promised based on what you see. See, the word of God's plan delivered by Jeremiah is much different than what they are currently experiencing. They are in a situation where they can't, cannot see hope, but the message they receive is all about hope. Will you be able to receive God's great message of restoration even while you're still experiencing symptoms. Oftentimes, we want and we even expect that God's deliverance to be immediate. We expect that when we pray, immediately God will send our rescuer. But this was not the case for the Israelites here. And if we are honest with ourselves, this is not always the case for us. And I know we love the cliche, he may not come when you want him, but he always on time, but will that promise of restoration 
be enough to keep you faithful until he relieves the symptoms? Are you able to be content with God's promise of restoration, even if it does not come tomorrow? Now see, don't miss how great God is for even sending this message to the Israelites because he could have allowed them to suffer without the expectation that he would be delivering them. Because after all, it was their sin that caused them to be delivered into exile. As they had many warnings from Jeremiah and the other prophets prior to being carried away into exile, which is how Jeremiah was given the name the prophet of doom, because he warned them about what was ahead if they did not repent and change. But even so, God loved them so much that he wanted them to know that even while you're going through, even when it's your fault, I'm working on a plan for your restoration. But because you are still in that place for the time being, you're going to experience symptoms, but I'm with you. You may still have to deal with some of the results from your decisions, but my grace will be sufficient. Isn't that good? That even the trouble we get ourselves in, God works on a plan to deliver us from ourselves. God wants us to know today that even when we have to experience life, he is still there with us. And he has a plan to deliver us from that place of despair to a place of hope. I'm so glad that even when I'm going through difficult days, even when I'm struggling with things that I allowed myself to be carried away into because of my own disobedience, I'm, and I'm struggling with how did I allow myself to get to this place, I still have something to look forward to. See, this is the message of our Savior, that when we mess up, He does not leave us without a way to get back to Him, a way to be restored. That is literally the message of the cross, that when man could not redeem us, God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus. That's why we have to share the good news to those who, who feel hopeless, to, to those we feel like will never get it together, to those we feel like will never change their lives. Because even when it seems like, seemed like we would never change, there was a cross. And at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, now let me stop before this thing gets too churchy, but we have to remind the world that God's promise is the same today as it was then for the Israelite. He still has a plan to prosper us and for us to be in good health. He still has a plan to save us from our sins. Be sure that you don't accept the things that are outside of his promise. Just like God has a plan for our lives, the enemy has a plan as well. And he wants us to be distracted and confused about what God's plan is so that we won't experience the things that God has for our lives. Many people give up because they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But God, if you can just send me a word while I'm going through like you did for the Israelites, that reminds me that it won't always be like this, but that sooner or later, it's going to turn in my favor. See, sometimes all you need is a word, a promise. See, the money is good and the encouragement is great, but sometimes I just need a word from my creator that this is not the end for me. This is not the plan that you have for my life. So the next time you hear Jeremiah 29 and 11, I want you to remember the promise, but I also want you to rem remember where they were when they got the promise. Because many of you today 
are a long way from the promise that God has given you. But I promise you that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. And a lot of time, the promise is the motivation that allows us to get up out of that place that you're in and begin moving with hope to journey to the place that God has promised. Right now, the things in your life may not look like the promise, but I come to encourage you today that if you can just continue to produce while you're still experiencing symptoms, restoration is on the way. I'm restored, but I still have symptoms. Well, we hope you enjoy our first teaching in the Life Room Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Salante. And we are your Life Room Podcast hosts, where each session we will have a discussion to really dive into how God's Word can really help us to navigate issues that we encounter in life. And today in our discussion time, we want to discuss the struggle to be obedient. The obedience struggle, meaning you are fighting, is not a new struggle. The Israelites struggle to remain consistent all the way from their time in the wilderness. They struggled to remain obedient in our text today, which led them to be in exile. And if we are honest, oftentimes in a world that has so much going on, we also struggle with obedience. And I have to commend Jeremiah, who was obedient to his calling, even when dealing with disobedient people. Because oftentimes, people will look to prompt you for a certain word or uh, to get certain thing out of you. And oftentimes we can allow that pressure to cause us to t- get out of that place that God has called us to um, in order to fit the narrative of what people want for our lives. And it's frustrating when you are dealing with disobedient people and you're trying to remain obedient to what God has given you. But if I'm honest, sometimes I'm the disobedient people called but disobedient. Saved, but sometimes disobedient. And I think sometimes we get so caught up with trying to put on this, this mask that, that, that we're pretending as if we are walking in obedience that sometimes we can really forget that, that what I'm doing and what I'm, what I'm saying and it's not lining up and it's not obedience. It's actually disobedience. And so my question for you today, Salante, is simply, why do you think it's so hard for us to, to be consistently obedient? Well, For one, I think that sometimes when we hear obedience, especially obedience in regards to God and the Bible, we oftentimes think about obedience to a call or a specific assignment. And that's not necessarily, no, I won't even say not necessarily, that's not what obedience is. Obedience is strictly uh, doing what you have been told to do. And so a lot of times I think if we take out, okay, well, this only regards to a call or an assignment, I think it would be a little bit easier. For example, in Proverbs 3, it tells us, um, I want to say specifically verse 5, it tells us that we're to acknowledge God in all our ways. So it's not just when it comes to, um, well, what is my calling or which direction should I go to concerning the ministry? But that's no. If you have, um, I'll even use something that almost everybody does, a job or career path. That's something that we need to be consulting God about. And a lot of times, sometimes God might tell us to go one way when, you know, people have said, oh, but you'd be so good doing this or this job makes this much money or this job comes with that part. But then God has called you in another area. So what do you do? Are you obedient to which God, what God called you to do? 
or what other people tell you is probably going to be best for you. That that is really really good because that is off the top the biggest the biggest you know determining factor of if we're going to remain obedient is the the fact that the influence that we allow others to have on if we're going to actually continue to hear God's word or if we're going to 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 go into what other people think that we should do or how they think we should do it. Absolutely, and you know that's. And I know we're talking about obedience, but that's why we have to be in such a state of prayer and communication with God. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing because that's our communication with God. And so when you're constantly praying and you're maintaining that relationship with him, it's a little bit easier, I think, to be obedient because you're hearing from him. You're getting in your word, seeing what the word is saying, how he's speaking to you relating to the things that he's told you to do. That's a good point. I'm glad you went there because when we once we when we close this thing out, one of the things I wanted to to go over before we close it out was to look at some practical things that we could give the people in order to to help them to be able to remain consistently obedient. And one of the first things I had on here is prayer and how important prayer is in order to to be obedient. And like you indicated, you know, it's so important that that's going to really you know help us when we are in direct communication with God. You know, so that the further we get from God and the further that we we're not hearing and we're not, you know, speaking and talking and communicating with him, then other voices become louder. And so we want to make sure that the loudest voice in our lives, the loudest voice is God. And so prayer is so important to that. Absolutely. I mean, prayer is so important. We even have what's called the model prayer in the book of Matthew, you know. So we can't, we don't want to overcomplicate things. Prayer is simply a conversation between you or God. You don't have to go, oh, thou art the greatest, wonderful, you know what I mean? Like right. those, those and thousand these, you just go humbly and you just sit at his feet and you talk to him. And most importantly, you sit and you listen. Absolutely. Because oftentimes I think we can get so caught up in, in what we're saying that we forget that part of prayer is actually listening mm-hmm. and just sitting there and don't get uncomfortable at those times when it's when you, you don't you, you don't know what to say. And that's it's okay when you're just sitting there in his presence and you're just allowing his presence to to overcome you and to to just sit there and just wait for God. The second point I have is fasting and how important fasting is. You think fasting plays a big part of that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Definitely. Fasting is definitely one. And we'll talk a more about that in, in another um, later podcast, um, going deeper into about how how to actually fast based on what the Bible actually indicates. Um, and of course, another big one is actually reading the word. You actually have to read the word and allow the word to become a part of you. And, and this is, can be difficult, you know, because we when we go through the run of the day and we have so much going on, it becomes very difficult a bit very easy, I'll say, to allow that to be something that kind of just, you know, is the last part. And when we have to cut something out, sometimes we, we cut the reading out. Really, that has to be something that we have to make such a priority that we do that before we do other things. So here's the thing. Reading is amazing, but application. Absolutely. You have to apply what you're reading because otherwise you're just looking at a bunch of letters on a page application of what you're reading you need to number one read and you need to understand what you're reading and then you need to apply it absolutely you need to guard your eyes you need to guard your your ears 
because you want to be very mindful of the things that you're seeing, the things that you're hearing, because these things can really affect your spirit. And so you want to make sure all of these things we do in you know conjunction with each other, those are the things that are going to help us to remain consistently obedient. And you'll find yourself when these things stop start to to not become a part of your regular regular schedule, then that's when it becomes easy for the enemy to slip in and, and allow us to just so suddenly get back into a place of disobedience. Because please know that disobedience does not occur overnight. That the place of exile does not come overnight. The Israelites, they gradually, gradually got further and further away from God. And so that's not what we want to do. We want to make sure that we are hearing from God each and every day so that God can direct our lives. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to share your word with your people. We pray that something was said that would allow them to navigate life and to be better servants for you. We pray that you continue to bless us and cover us and keep us and that you will strengthen us until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.